Hey, all you songwriters, recording artists, producers, engineers, and other creative dignitaries. We are yet continuing on with our series of reruns of some of the most popular episodes of The Modern Recordist to date. As we are full on into the summer here in North America and many of the other regions around the world, where we've got some listeners sprinkled about, we're going to be doing a few more of these rerun episodes, and then we'll likely drop back in towards the end of the month with some all-new episodes. So, if you've missed some of these more popular episodes the first time we aired them, now is your chance to catch up on something that you missed, and if you've been so dedicated as to catch every episode of The Modern Recordist to date, something I very much appreciate you for and acknowledge you for. Uh, This little series of reruns can serve as your opportunity to listen to something for a second time and perhaps pick up on an idea that may not have landed for you the first time you listened. Real quick, I want to make sure that you know how to get subscribed to The Modern Recordist. There's two main ways. The first is to go to my website at johnstinson.com, J-O-N-S-T-I-N-S-O-N.com. Remember, there's no H in John. And put your email address in the sign-up form that you will find right on the front page. I'll make sure you never miss an episode. And as a bonus, I'll also periodically send you emails with tips, thoughts, and guidance on recording, mixing, producing, songwriting, and maximizing your creative flow. All this at no cost to you, so head on over to my website and get subscribed right now. And then secondly, I also encourage you to additionally get subscribed via iTunes. Uh, The way to do that is to uh, either fire up your podcasting app right on your iPhone or open up iTunes on your laptop or desktop, search for The Modern Recordist, and click or tap that little subscribe button there. While on iTunes, make sure you take a quick second to leave a rating and review as well. Good and honest ratings and reviews let other people know the value you're getting out of listening to The Modern Recordist. It also helps us to know that you're getting something out of these episodes and whether or not we're producing meaningful content and bringing on guests that you find interesting and fun to listen to. And finally, if you are indeed getting something out of listening to this podcast, Go ahead and share it with a friend or three. Simply drop a link in an email, a text message, or a social media post and let everyone you know how much you're getting out of listening to The Modern Recordist. Okay, let's transition into the show. This episode is a rerun of episode 8 of The Modern Recordist. This one is going way back towards the very beginnings of the show when uh, JD was still hanging around from time to time as kind of a co-host. I used to do a segment of the podcast that I called the 15-Minute Mixdown, and uh, this episode was kind of one of those, although JD and I went way beyond just 15 minutes. On uh, this episode, JD and I hung out and we talked about uh, a few recording techniques, which is definitely a topic I like to get into fairly often, in addition to all the songwriting and creative topics that make up the modern recordist. So this one turned out to be pretty popular, as there are quite a few folks who listen to this podcast who are interested in recording techniques, whether you're a songwriter looking to demo or otherwise document what you write, or you're an engineer looking to expand your knowledge. This one doesn't get super duper technical, but we do get into some valuable recording stuff. So check it out. Here it is. It's time for my silly intro. Ladies and gentlemen, 
people of all ages, witches and werewolves, and the honey badger. This is episode eight of The Modern Recordist, and another edition of the maybe not so 15-minute mixdown, because we're going to do it a little <laughs> bit different this time. Um, hanging out, it's just me and uh, JD this time. We're going to hang out and have a little talk. I'm going to do the usual promo items real quick. I'm John Stinson, your host here on The Modern Recordist, along with my co-host, J.D. Tyner. Hello. And I'm a producer, recording engineer, mixing engineer, working out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, so, yeah, you got the spiel. You, if you're new to the podcast, then uh, you haven't heard me say that a million times. But uh, if you're not new, then you have, and you know that... Uh, I produce, record, mix out of Nashville, Tennessee, and I blog on my website, and I write about uh, recording and mixing and creative philosophies and do things like that. So go to my website, check me out, check out my album credits, check out stuff I've written. I've got a resource put together about uh, uh, simple tips for recording drums. Hit that up, check it out, it's cool, and... uh, if you want to work with me, hit me up. Hit my contact page. Drop me a line. Let's talk about it. Uh, as I mentioned, J.D. Tyner's here with me. He's my co-host on The Modern Recordist. And uh, he's the main man behind Glass Onion Recording, producer, recording engineer, mixing engineer, working out of Nashville, Tennessee as well. And um, yeah, the Glass Onion is a cool, vibey spot here in Nashville that I do most of my work out of. We record this podcast out of there. And uh, JD does, I should say, I guess, all of your work out of here. Pretty um, much, yeah. And uh, um, so it's a great spot. Check it out. You can there's a there's a Facebook page, Glass Onion R E C. So you go to Facebook.com/slash Glass Onion R E C. Check out pictures and check out the studio. Read more about it. Connect with JD on there. Um, also check out JD and his more of JD and his work and album credits, etc., on his website, jdtiner.com. And then last and certainly least, as always, I like to tease Parrish. And he's not here today, so um he may be showing up, but uh since he's not here right now, we can talk uh, trash about him. Um He's the Parrish is the the guy that handles all the engineering on the show, so that JD and I get to hang out with the guests and not worry about that for once in our lives. He gets to fiddle with all the knobs and take all the blame for the things that break. And um, uh, yeah, so check him out at uh, at uh, JonathanPaulParish.com. He's also involved in a record label production company. They do uh, video work and different media work. Um, with artists and 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 uh, bands and stuff, uh, it's called Villain Place. So check that out at villainplace.com. That takes care of the promotional items. As I mentioned, this is episode eight of the Modern Recordist. Um, another edition of the fifteen minute mixdown. We may go a little bit over that. Uh, we're gonna JD and I are gonna hang out because JD's had so much going on lately and. He's going to be on uh, out of town for a little bit and um, and uh, doing some getting to do some cool stuff. So I wanted to have him on the show and be present so that uh, uh, he's not missing. You know, he gets to gets to hang out. So <laughs> yeah, man, it's us hanging out. Where did JD go? <laughs> so uh, we'll miss him on the show, but um, 
he's here now. And yeah. so gracing you guys with his presence. Hey, JD. Hey, John. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm great. How are you? I'm uh, good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm really good, man. Things are, um, it's a busy summer and it's a good busy, it's a good kind of busy. So, um, that mic, that mic wants to technical difficulties. put its opinion in too. You forgot um, to mention I'm a tech too. That's yeah. why I'm, you know, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but you know, he's not kidding. Fix he's things a, on the fly. Yeah. That's, that's he, <laughs> JD is a tech, which means he, because when you're in the studio, it's not if things go wrong, it's when they go wrong. And so yep. you need a, you need to have some MacGyver skills to be able to keep a session running and, JD's certainly a studio MacGyver when he needs to be. I try to be. My yeah. motto is there's always a workaround. So. Yeah, it's awesome. It's always something you can do to work around an issue. So cool, man. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man, I want to, uh, you know, it's just have a, a little discussion about yeah. some things. And I guess I can throw out, um, why don't you talk about some stuff that you've been working on lately. I know that it's like sometimes you can't talk about stuff, but whatever you can talk about, yeah, um, it may not be that way. Maybe you can talk about whatever, but you know, yeah, I'd love to know some of the details about what you've been working on lately. Yeah, no, uh, no confidentiality agreements as of right now. Um, you've been working uh, with this girl recently, uh, me and. Um, this other guy I, I kind of co-produced with, Marcus McKiff, who's in uh, Kopecky. Um, we've been kind of co-producing this this EP for this girl. Uh, and it's kind of my first time getting outside of the world of recording, you know, acoustic instruments. Um, a lot of sequencing and uh, samples. And um, so it's kind of in that whole world of... Uh, I don't know. I kind of call it indie pop, really heavy on the pop. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of similar to like a lot of influence from like a band out of New Zealand called Broods, uh, another um, girl named Banks, um, and a few other people in there that have been kind of influences along the way or references along the way. And uh, I don't know. It's It's been a lot of fun, a lot of uh, vocal stacking, which is like something... Um, I've just kind of gotten a lot more into is uh, building, I guess, building out tracks that are very like vocally driven, have a lot of different vocal parts to it. Mm-hmm. So you're you're kind of filling space with vocals rather than instrumentation, which has been a lot of fun. Um, but it also can be very challenging having pretty much a lot of the same instrument in one song, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, thinking yeah. of the vocal as an instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if she's hitting different ranges, it's kind of the same timbre in a way. Mm-hmm. And uh, So, yeah, just kind of like carving out space for all of that stuff yeah. in one track uh, and and making it all fit together nicely. But, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I haven't – it's it's weird because I'm a, I'm a drummer and I, I – one of my favorite things to record are drums and mm-hmm. I have not recorded drums in, uh, I guess a couple months now just cause I've been so involved in this project, uh, kind of pre-production and then getting into it. And, uh, also in the side, side time from that been adding on a room to this place, mm-hmm. um, which has been, you guys should get on the Instagrams and check out the photos. I'm very proud of it. 
So I've done it all myself. So quick Instagram plug. How do you? What's the uh, Instagram is uh, Glass Onion Recording on it. Full, 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 full okay. thing. Okay, Glass it's long, Onion Recording. But it's there. Cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've had some help from you know my dad and then Marcus helped me with some electrical on it because he has a background in uh, like house uh residential and commercial electric so um but yeah pretty much done the whole thing myself or just with like a little bit of help so i'm proud of how it turned yeah, out man, so go, ch- yeah. go check it out it does look killer it looks killer and um um you got to check it out for sure go on the go on that instagram page glass in your recording and you also on the facebook there's it's, it's yeah, yeah yeah so i have the Instagram linked up to the cool. Facebook. So yeah, go check out all those pictures. It's vibey and it gives you an idea. You know, there's there's tons of pictures and stuff um, of new additions and and former additions and all that. And I mean, it's a super vibey spot here. So check it out. <clears throat> cool. Um, oh, and the uh, the the girl we're working with. Um, I guess I never really mentioned her name. Kelsey Merges. She's going by Merges. M e r g e s cool so look for check it out so that's like that's the project that's been really keeping you busy right now yeah so it's a full-on full-on record uh it's we've kind of like uh done pre-production on about 10 tracks Mm -hmm. and we're narrowing it down to five like five of the best tracks and uh it's just something that uh we're all really passionate about, and so we're we're really trying to take our time with yeah. it and do it right. So, so it's very vocal driven. That's kind of very, like... very vocal driven. But I mean, there's there's also a lot of uh, a lot of like I don't know. There's a lot of cool elements uh, as far as like you know using a lot of um, using a Juno 106 quite a bit and that Nord lead 2x mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. Um, and then, uh, shout out to a company, Teenage Engineering. Yeah. Uh, they have their OP1 that uh, I do not currently own, <clears throat> Teenage Engineering. Uh, but we got to borrow one, and uh, it is a phenomenal little unit. Yeah. And uh, so there's a few songs that it's kind of all over that. Uh, cool. And so that's been a lot of fun sampling, uh, even just like whether it's sampling a piano and running it into the OP1 uh-huh. or uh, even even using the 106, um, the Juno 106, but then sampling that into Yeah, so talk about OP1. that for a second. Why would you do something like that? Why would you uh, want to sample like, you know, a piano or a, or, a, or a Juno as opposed to just record it? Yeah, so, well, one, I mean, even on a very simple note, uh the Juno as far as I know, if somebody if somebody, you know, can can correct me, uh please do so. I just haven't taken the time to figure it out if it is possible. Um but the like the Juno one oh six and the Nord that we use don't really have capabilities to be synced up to uh the Pro Tools um tempo. So if you're wanting to arpeggiate something, you're either gonna have to play it really close to time, and then you know I'm gonna have to go in mm-hmm. and time align it. Or uh, if you're gonna arpeggiate it in the actual unit, then 
you know, you're going to have to dial that in pretty freaking close. Mm-hmm. And that's real. I mean, that can be difficult, mm-hmm. um, especially with songs that are so on the grid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that being said, um, being able to sample one of those keyboards directly into the OP-1, the OP-1 has a fantastic uh, arpeggiator in it that you can mm-hmm. draw in your own arpeggiation, pick all the notes, whatever, and uh, and just play it. And, mm-hmm. it. and it's right, it's dead on. Or, you know, if you play it just, you know, a few milliseconds behind, you can just cut it and drag it mm-hmm. into Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's fantastic and it's it really just uh that's on a very simple level but uh there's so many more parameters within the OP1 than the Juno or the uh well I mean the Nord has a lot of parameters to change the sound of <clears throat> of something but uh you can even within within the OP1 you can uh if you sample in a sound you can even go in and choose which part of that audio file you want to actually be played. Um, you know, you can reverse it. You can, uh, um, you can tweak the sound of it any, I mean, any way you want. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's, it's really interesting. It just, it just opens your world up to so many, like, you take the sound of like a 106 and then you can, that already sounds wonderful, but then you can take that to the next level uh-huh. of just more tweaks. Yeah. Cause even, you know, even if you hit a note on a 106 and then you sample it in, if you, if you move the beginning of that sample halfway through that note, mm-hmm. you're going to get a completely different sound. Yeah. So it gets, it just gets super, super, super tweaky and you can yeah. just do all kinds of sound manipulation and sound design yeah. on it. Like, pretty on the fly i guess absolutely yeah um and it has fantastic you know drum machines in it uh you there's it has like a little um tape portion that you can record there's Mm -hmm. like four tracks in it you can record to and that has some really cool possibilities Mm -hmm. so i don't know it's just it's just a really versatile little unit that is incredibly portable and sounds amazing cool yeah. Um, so that's that was that was fun to get to play with that toy for this project. So you sample pianos in like acoustic pianos in on that too or Yeah, we had this this uh this upright over here. Um we I'm trying to think of what we did. Uh Yeah, we just I mean you can it ha- there's a pretty decent microphone on the OP1 mm-hmm. and you can just bring it out here and you know, hit the piano. Hit mm-hmm. one. Well, what's nice is you can hit you know, if you hit a C on here, you can hold down the C on the OP-1, record it in, and then it automatically transposes it to the rest of the keyboard. Okay. So when you, if you do that, like, if you put, what do you, it's like, say, like a middle C. You sample a yeah. middle C on the piano onto the middle C of the OP-1. Yeah. And then it transposes, what, like, however many octaves down and up you want? Or like... Uh, I know it goes down a few octaves and up a few octaves. I honestly, I haven't... To be honest with you, I haven't tested the limits of that. Yeah. Um, so, but it sounds because sometimes you know with that kind of thing, a lot of people will actually they'll either sample you know middle C across several different octaves, and, so that 
Yeah. It doesn't have to transpose that one note all the way down and up. Yeah. It starts to get <clears throat> it starts to get kind of wonky sometimes. But I guess it just depends on kind of what you're after. If you want something that sounds wonky. Yeah. Or... I I mean I didn't have the experience of it sounding too terribly wonky. Uh-huh. Um, I was I was thoroughly impressed. Um, even when we sampled the 106 in, I mean I feel like we went down a couple octaves on that from mm-hmm. where we were, and it sounded like the unit, the actual mm-hmm. unit. So. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It was it, to me. It was it was very impressive. Cool. Yeah, that's cool, but, man. Uh, so okay, so this is like this project is a lot of vocals and a lot of kind of synth and sound manipulation, yeah, and, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it's stuff like this that really uh, stretches my skill set of, uh, I guess like what what. Um, synths and other gear is capable of doing outside the norm and then even what Pro Tools is capable of doing outside of like you know doing just like a rock record yeah um, or or even just like an indie record I yeah mean, taking taking even taking things and playing a man at like half the speed and then and then taking that and using like time compression and expansion to like shorten it and then you and then you know, then that that plays back at like twice the speed, but it still is. It's kind of like same. very. You're thinking like sort of like very speed on a tape machine, kind of a thing. Kind of, yeah. But it's but you most like you can do it to where it, it doesn't really change the octave, really. Right. So I don't know yeah. doing that. Just like doing stuff like that, where yeah. it's you're. But so okay, so you're 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 making Pro Tools record it. It's at like half speed or something. Well, not even that. Like recording it regular, but okay. you're playing it half. I guess I'm getting. Oh, I see what you. I mean. guess I'm getting right. into like some like little secret tricks and stuff. But um, yeah, but like playing, you know, recording the song at regular speed. Yeah. But you know, maybe playing yeah. an arpeggiation of like something half time, half time, and then going in and short and and compressing yeah. it down. Yeah. Uh, and then copy and pasting that. Now, just talk about your think thought process behind doing something like that. Would it be because it changes the vibe of it and changes the changes the, sort of the the characteristic of it a little bit, or is it, or do you do that because it's just, hey, we can we can like push the limits and make some like perform some parts that are kind of inhuman to do and and like. The compl- it's like allows us to reach a different level of complexity that's just in performance that's just not really possible um, otherwise. Maybe more the second. I guess it it's yeah. I guess it was it was more so of trying to play something uh, that was just kind of harder to play, but then the idea kind of struck that like oh well, what we're doing right now is 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 cool and it's still a hard thing to play but if we played it a little bit slower or even got this right on even if we sped it up you know made it play twice as fast it would mm-hmm. sound kind of cool and it ended up being the piano that we were doing that with we were we were in the middle of recording some piano and we were messing around with an idea i think on a bridge and so it was like this kind of arpeggiated you know thing on the piano and uh what what Marcus was already playing was was kind of cool, and we were trying to get it, you know, the timing of it right. Uh, 
but then just kind of had the idea of oh well this like this is cool but if we sped it up and so it it now i think listening to it you wouldn't really be able to tell that that's a piano um, cool it it kind of sounds uh I guess it sounds like a little toy piano or something just played really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really busy, but it's tucked in there just nice like nice enough. Uh, but yeah, I guess it's it's more so that it just uh, opens up possibilities that... I guess that's what I like about doing music like that is that there's just endless possibilities. Yeah. I mean, I, I love working on everything, not to... Not to put down anything else I've worked on. I love working on everything I've worked on. I love, and um, it's just, it's, it, sometimes it's nice to get these projects because um, kind of anything goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's, um, so it's really kind of, yeah, I mean, it really kind of, um, I like the idea of the, we were talking about this the other day, I think, me and some other guys in here, but, the idea of like the studio itself being a an instrument, you know, exploring yeah. that space is, and I'm and I've been like harping on Brian Eno and and David Byrne a lot lately, mentioning them on a few episodes because because they talk about that a yeah. lot, and I like that idea, and um, and then like using Pro Tools or taking taking advantage of the of the technology the yeah. latest and greatest technology and and the and the things that latest and greatest technology can do and sound manipulation and 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 digital kind of stuff that that maybe not isn't i guess dare i say real or, or whatever the yeah. what would be you know like so but going oh well pro tools and computers and certain instruments can do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now the technology, the digital technology allows for you to do that. So let's explore the limits of that and use it as a creative yeah. choice. Yeah, I know? try to see I try to see Pro Tools um I mean it's obviously a way to record your music and that's what it is first and foremost. Because, you know, that yeah, that's just what it does. But mm-hmm. uh just with the capabilities of everything that it can do now, uh, I tried to see Pro Tools as more, like, at least my part and kind of seeing myself as m- more in the production seat these days that, and not just, like, the engineering seat. Uh, I try to see Pro Tools as, as more of an instrument that, mm-hmm. like, that I can play on the record rather than just recording it and getting everything outside into pro tools the way we want it Mm -hmm. sometimes it's i like to see about using pro tools as the instrument yeah and and getting the sound into it and then using that instrument to manipulate it even further Mm -hmm. so i don't know having that idea or that mentality towards pro tools i feel like has really started to stretch my skill set sure it's a it's a artistic statement in itself when you decide to say here's all this like tweaky stuff that technology can do and yeah so let's just dive into that and make a make like make something out of it yeah. um utilize those things and make an artistic statement that's expressed yeah. by that you right. know yeah and it's great i mean and like you know i'm not i'm not the only person that has had this realization it's great to see like so many people utilizing utilizing you know whatever doll they're using as more of an instrument rather than a way to just 
re- yeah, record. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's just whatever artistic statement you're trying to make, and like what yeah. what what is sort of right for the project. You know, sometimes the scenario is like we just want to capture the vibe of what we're doing in the room, and so you just kind of use Pro Tools as this sort of documentation device. It's a sort of you know, you just get the performance down and the energy down. Sometimes it's, it's sometimes it's deliberately color. It's like you know, we're a band that that that's sort of our mo is to like come in and just like perform it, and it's all about that. But we want to color outside those lines on purpose to make a statement that kind of contradicts that, and so therefore we're gonna we're gonna start doing some of this weird stuff that we don't normally do with like yeah. and get all like technology on it. And sometimes it's the exact opposite. Sometimes it's like, I'm just a technology guy and that's how I make my music. And it's all based on that. And so, and then, and like perfect example there is like somebody like, um, Daft Punk, you know, being so electronic based and technology and keyboards and all that. And then their last record where they're like, let's not do that. Let's, let's do performance stuff and make a statement about it. And, you know. So, Which sadly I yeah. still have not listened to that. Right oh really? Now. Yeah. yeah. I just, need to. Just go. To, just just go listen, around to just it. Just go listen to it this afternoon, man. Yeah. I think it's like probably 30, 45 minute long record. Just go listen to yeah. it. You know, it's it's pretty killer. You know. Um. So yeah, I had a question. It's like, what um what key techniques have you been incorporating into your record, like your recording and mixing workflow these days? But we really kind of just that's kind of what we've already just been talking about. Yeah. You know, and and. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's, I don't know. There's, there's different things that I feel like I've been learning about, um, and maybe I'm late to the party on some of these things. But it, you know, you gotta learn somewhere. But uh, I don't know. There, I guess as far as key techniques and I don't know. I've been a huge, huge fan of uh, compressors on my reverb buses mm-hmm. lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, just bringing out the nuances of your reverb trails. Mm-hmm. Been loving that. I mean, it's not every time. It's not sure. for everything, but sure. uh, I feel like I do go to that quite a bit just because I dig the sound of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's random stuff. There's like there's a technique that I've been really digging on on uh, reverbs uh, for especially vocal reverbs. Um, that I guess is kind of like, I don't know, I guess other people use it. It's been like a little like go-to trick of mine, um, that emulate, uh, I'm trying to emulate a certain, a certain sound, which for the time being will remain nameless Sure, because I'm trying, I'm really trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah, just take it, like take it. I I love taking a, a, a reverb, especially for vocals, uh, and you know, choose your reverb that you like, mm-hmm. and then after after your reverb, uh, I've been really enjoying taking that um, Sound Toys Micro Shift plugin mm-hmm. and putting that behind the reverb, uh, and then and then putting a compressor on the other side of that, and you know, so dial- you so you're saying all right, so you say you set up a reverb mm-hmm. like a send return scenario mm-hmm. on a reverb, but then on that where the where the reverb returns you, you, you so it goes like yeah. reverb chained into a micro shift yeah so i mean just on on that channel you have your set of plugins yeah. so you put a reverb then the micro, micro shift, shift and then i tend to put a, a compressor after that okay 
Um, so that way, on when you send, so it's like you've got a vocal and you've got a send set up. Mm-hmm. When you send it, it's going through that chain. It's like you yeah. say, like send send one or whatever, it goes to this chain that is reverb, micro shift, compressor. Yes. Cool. Yes. Okay. Um, which I've been digging a lot because it just it kind of gives a weird. Uh, I don't know. It just kind of gives a weird feeling to the that vocal verb. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so okay, um, and I I tend to go like. If you're familiar with that plugin, which I know you are, well, that's what listeners. Was, which plugin? Microshift. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was about to say. I wanted to say, talk about Microshift for a second, so that we can, so that people can know. I mean, people yeah, probably so know, it, but it, just, it emulates the H three thousand or the the chorus effect, or like, the, or not the chorus, the, 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 the pitch, doubling, the the, the micro pitch shift. Yeah. Uh, the micro pitch shift program on the H three thousand. Yeah. Um, and so there's three different settings on it are three different there's like you know the buttons yeah in the middle one two and three yeah um and so and then you have your uh you your mix amount i guess wet dry and and then you have your uh frequency knob yeah. that i guess so it's kind of like basically like there's these old units Maybe you are or are not familiar with them. Rack mount units before plugins came along. Uh, it was the H3000 by Eventide, the really popular. Uh, it was a because it had all these algorithms and programs and different you know patches that you could call up, and like the really really popular one was Micro Pitch Shift, and it became, I guess, in the li- like late eighties and early nineties, yeah. this thing that people put on vocals a lot. And it just, it just kind of added this subtle chorusing and depth and just sort of this kind of very, very, I don't know. It could be as subtle as you wanted it to be. A lot of times it was subtle. And then there's sometimes when it wasn't, it just kind of depended on what people wanted to do. And, but it was, it was just kind of this somewhat rich, nuanced chorusy sort of just make it better kind of uh, setting that could just like, whoa, that was, that's interesting. Well, that vocal was, you know, and so they just became super popular. So then this plugin micro pitch shift sound toys is the company, the guys who work, some of the guys who work for sound toys came from Eventide. They started their own company. So they made this micro pitch shift, which is based on that. Is it micro micro pitch shift is the plugin. And then I think micro pitch shift Microshift is the plugin. Microshift. And then the patch was micro pitch shift, I believe. So it just emulates that patch and then yeah. there's some there's some settings that you can do on there that can kind of tweak the tweak it a little bit. That's yeah. basically what he's what we're what we're talking about with yeah. this plugin. And you were talking about being subtle with it, and I'm not very subtle. I'm not very well, subtle with but it. But you don't have to be. You don't have to be sometimes you are, sometimes you yeah. aren't. Like I I it just depends. Sometimes I'm not subtle with it. It kind of depends on what I want to do. And sometimes I get really excited about it because it can be one of those tricky plugins, one of those effects that you put it on. You're like, Oh, that's so cool. And you just keep pushing up the yeah. thing and you're like, man, it's just cool. It's the louder. I can't make this loud enough. It's so cool. And then you come in the next day. You're like, Whoa. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Like, let's yeah. pull that back. But sometimes it is like, no, I love putting it. it on my synths. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, de- depending, you know, yeah. not always, but yeah. When it calls for it, it can really just make a synth. Pop. Oh, sometimes I'm like, put it on everything. Yeah, and then I'm like, hold on, man, like, <laughs> don't put it on. 
everything, but yeah, it, I I I do like the idea of. I mean, I pretty much I use it. it it's it's a vocal thing, you know, and then sometimes yeah. I'll do it on other stuff, right? But it's 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 usually a vocal thing. Yeah, is the way I kind of yeah. yeah. I pretty much every these days, almost every mix session I'm doing, I'm I've got at least one, you know ox track reverb ox track that mm -hmm. has that chain on it that's cool i i've never i've never um messed around with chaining it to like a to a reverb yeah. situation that'd be cool to fun cool to mess around with yeah and um um yeah i should probably play with that i mean the way i usually do it is set it up on its own so it's got micro pitch shift as its own effects chain its own thing you know and then and then I'll usually do a delay and then I'll do a reverb, you know. Um, yeah. But that way it's like micro pitch shift isn't, it doesn't, it's independently affecting the vocal, not in conjunction with the reverb. You yeah. Know? It's more so, yeah. I mean, it's not more, it's not really necessarily trying to get that uh, pitch shift effect on the vocal itself is more so trying to manipulate the actual reverb. Yeah, it's trying to add some some pizzazz to to the reverb. Yeah, yeah. That's so that's cool. that's kind of. Do you ever play around with doing two, like one pitch shifter that would be to to you know target the vocal, and then another one in that chain that you? Um, I haven't really messed with that. Really, I I have gone a little crazy before, and and put. Two two micro shifts on the same, uh, yeah. You know, I think what I did one time was because I just really wanted to exaggerate that effect on the reverb. I think I put a the reverb, then the micro shift, and then the compressor, and then after that compressor, I put another micro shift to uh -huh. just like do like yeah again manipulate everything sure all over again. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so uh. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess sometimes I can be non-traditional in that stuff. And I'm not saying that yeah. to be like, hmm, I'm non-traditional. I just, I kind of like looking for ways to like yeah. mess with things like sure. that. Awesome, man. Um, um, so I want, we're probably, you know, this is, this is a, this is more than a double dose of the 15 minute <laughs> mix down. Um, but so we'll start to get to where we can wrap it up, but, um, let's kind of, let's get a little, maybe a little bit higher level to where we can have maybe kind of like a, because some of the things that we talked about there are kind of pretty specific to a circumstantial. I mean, that's not, those aren't recipes that I would just approach like, Oh, I'm going to make a record. And that's like that, that's a special case kind of a thing oh, right? yeah, because yeah, this yeah. specific scenario, you know, and so that's just kind of in the world I've been yeah. in. As a oh, sure. Player, yeah. So. Right. Right. So I want to get a little bit more general yeah. and just say, um, um, if you can, you know, be as specific or not specific as you want to be, but, um, maybe if you have a, an idea of a, of a technical or creative challenge that you've run up against recently and, uh, how you got through that and like, you know, broke through it and squashed that bug or what, what, what it would be. Hmm. A technical or technical or creative challenge, you creative know. Creative challenge. Um man, 
I honestly cannot think of anything right off the top of my head that sticks out to me. Not saying that I don't have creative or technical challenges like every day. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess I don't have anything specific that I, that I can really think of like a certain scenario, but I, I don't know, for some reason what comes to mind is an approach I try to take on a daily basis. Sure. Talk about that. That's perfect. Because Um, what I wanted to follow up with was how I I wanted to follow up the, the, the question that I was going to lead into was how can you apply that? How do you apply that moving forward? Yeah. In your general thought process. Yeah. So maybe, you know, talking about, uh, creative challenges um you know when you're when you're in a room with like three or four people that are uh all kind of contributing creatively to what you're doing including yourself not everybody's going to be on the same page all the time Mm -hmm. and so there's sometimes that you know i'll uh somebody will throw out an idea or they're they start chasing something down and and creatively, I, I just don't agree, mm-hmm. uh, or I'm not feeling it, or I'm not sold on the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, for the most part, I, I, I try to sit there and just kind of entertain it for a minute. Mm-hmm. But um, the the overall uh, attitude I try to have in my sessions and in my studio on a, on, on a day-to-day basis um, is that everybody... Everybody, uh, everybody is equal when it comes to ideas and being able to throw out creative ideas. Nobody, um, even if somebody doesn't like somebody else's idea, they should be able to say that without anybody else getting buttonhurt mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. You know, not not in a negative way. Like I don't like that. You're dumb. Yeah. But for instance. You know, if there's something that I'm not feeling and and I feel like, you know, maybe we're taking too much time to really chase it down. Or even if something's already there and we're listening back a few days in a row and there's just something sticking out to me that I just don't feel. uh, I'll just say, you know, I'm. I'm not 100% sold on this just mm-hmm. yet because mm-hmm. it's it's challenging me in my in in my creative view of mm-hmm. what I I see this song turning out to be and you know if if everybody else likes it then I just uh you know nobody's hurt I'm not hurt they're not yeah. hurt that I don't like that sound or yeah. that part or whatever it's just it's like everybody has the mutual respect to say well I like it or I don't and and if I don't like it and everybody else likes it then I'll just let it grow on me or sure. I'll be okay with it and move on from it. Yeah. So on a day-to-day basis, I, I try to have the mentality of everybody is equally creative and uh, to have just a, a mutual respect for everybody, um, not only for their ideas, but even when their idea differs. Like, yeah. Because um, I feel like everybody should be able to say, especially if, if – 
if you're the one of the ones contributing creatively to be able to say, mm, I don't know, I'm not really digging this idea. You, you owe it to the project and to everybody to just put it on the table and be in full communication yeah. and honesty about it. And like, and, and people don't want yes men, just like yes men in the studio. They right. want people who are going to really f- make sure that the artistic integrity is there and that yeah. like we're really creating something and, you know, cha- be somebody who's got the guts to challenge an idea um, if if they really feel uh, compelled to n- need to speak up on that and, and are really unsure about whether or not that's an actual good thing for this project. You know, people want that kind of people. People want those people around in the studio because, you know, if it's just a yes man, um, you know, then you're not – I don't think you're – I mean, there's there's some clear, um, there's a clear downside to just having yes men around all <laughs> right. the time. You know, I mean that I feel like just yes men all the time hinders the creative process. Yeah. So I don't know. That being said, that, maybe that doesn't fully answer your question, but to me, that's how I I try to approach yeah. creative challenges yeah. is by well, voicing it and being able to be heard and hearing other people. Yeah, on their creative. So uh, this uh, this can be the last question. Just kind of okay. like it's still in the same kind of space, yeah, yeah. but inevitably, when there is a, a a thing that's like we let's just come up with a completely hypothetical. Somebody is playing a guitar solo, mm-hmm. and they work on this guitar solo and work on it. And this is like the guitar player in the band or something, and he plays it, and it's and it's and he's stoked. Yeah. And um, it's like, that's just, I mean, I guess it's a cool, it's a cool part, but in the context of this song, it doesn't really serve the song and you're not vibing on it at all. Yeah. You know? And so you speak up and you say, I'm not vibing on it. We got to do something else or like, let's look into something else or whatever it may be. It just gets into this place where there's this discussion of like, I like it. I don't like it. And, and, um, and you get outvoted and it's going to stay like it is. Yeah. So for you, is it in that moment, what are the, what's the sort of the practical of, I mean, beyond just, okay, I'm going to suck it up and just be an adult and just move on. Yeah. Um, but your conviction really is, man, this, this would be a better recording if we could, I, I was like, I know how to make this a better recording and how to make this thing pop for people that are going to be, they're going to think it's awesome. And and not that it's not going to be awesome, but I just know that like I, it could be a slam dunk. My idea yeah. is going to be a slam dunk, but it's just not going to be that way. What yeah. do you what do you what do you do there? Um, Beyond just suck it up. I mean, maybe it is just you know. Uh, I guess yeah, maybe for the most part it is just suck it up. But you usually that's where um, whoever created the playlist function is a genius, uh, <laughs> and we owe him a lot of credit. Um, because typically, I don't know, in in that situation, I, I feel like, well, okay, if I'm completely, like, convicted about it, like, oh, my goodness, we need to, like, do a different part because this song, like, this is hurting this song mm-hmm. and it would be better somewhere else, um, I'll, I'll fight for that, mm-hmm. you know, not, not in a dirty way, but, yeah. like, I'll... You'll advocate I'll, for I'll it. advocate for yeah. that. And in, in that sense, I would say... Okay, let's. That was that was great. That was a fantastic guitar solo. Let's playlist that. 
and let's, you know, just get everybody to say, just humor me. Just please just humor me because uh, we have the time. Like, you know, I own, like, since I own this place, there's most of the stuff is by, by project, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily on, on a day rate. Yeah. Because I, I love the creative process. So I want that to be more of the factor than anything else. So it's like we have the time. So let's playlist that and just humor me like what if you did it like this uh, and try to hone that in just so they can hear it. And if they hear it and I get out and I you know I, I get across what I want to hear mm-hmm. and still everybody is still on the other train, um, that's when I just I, – I don't know. I feel like I just have to be – an adult about it and just give that up. And, mm-hmm. and when it comes time to me mixing it, just change the playlist to what I want. And hand it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Totally. But, kidding. uh, yeah, it's like, well, I'm the one mixing it. Yeah. So I have the final say. Um, although there's some dudes, maybe kidding. And he's totally kidding. Although there's maybe some <laughs> stories in the past of like people doing that or something, but, uh, that's, yeah, just to clarify, JD doesn't do those, <laughs> those, those backhanded, yeah, I would. Moves. I would not do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's. I guess that in 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 a way that's that's kind of how I handle that. Uh, usually, usually the ideas I have, I'm I'm totally on board with them, and I would love to hear them implemented. But usually, I'm surrounded with so many other talented people that I feel like uh, are working in the same mindset as me that I I normally I normally don't run into that issue. Mm-hmm. If it's something I don't like, it's something that I can that I usually end up liking. Cool. Um, and I feel like that's something that actually happened recently on this project. There's some sound that when we first, I mean, I even, this was like, it was a couple, it was a few different days that I brought it up. I was like, I still don't know guys. I still don't know about this sound. Like mm-hmm. it sounds really cheesy to me. I just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think we might need to find a different sound. And they're mm-hmm. just like, really? I really like that sound. And it was a few days of that, and then uh, one of the last times I was listening to the song, I was like, you know what? I kind of dig it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sometimes, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not that I'm like, I'm just changing with the masses. Sometimes I just have to sit yeah. on things right. and let it really soak in right. and get away. Like, Because sometimes when you're tracking, you're so in the mindset of each instrument as its own, because you're you're, you're tracking everything individually, that yeah, sometimes when I go back and I have a couple days to go back and listen and and kind of hear everything as a whole. Yeah, it's like, allowing. Oh, okay, it's that allowing does, because that does fit. somebody like you who's sitting in a chair of production and also recording. Yeah. Because recording can get very, very technical and focused on all these little, tiny, little tweaky things, right? I mean, you yeah. can you can get so, so, so tweaky. You know, and that's your job as an engineer to just like a lot of times be the guy who's like super tweaky on all these little tiny little things about details, whether they're technical or whatever they may be, so that other people only don't have to think about that, right? They only think yeah. about create decisions and stuff. And when you're somebody who's thinking about all these little microscopic elements of it, sometimes it can be you can't see the forest for the trees kind of yeah. a scenario and Therefore, it's just it's 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 a lot of times a challenge to shift your brain rapidly back and forth between engineer producer, engineer producer, you know. Right. 
And so therefore, um, sometimes your brain isn't in a place where you're, where you're thinking about it on this bigger kind of picture and how all these pieces kind of fit together and just looking at the big result. And then you have that moment of your brain did shift. A lot of times I guess it's like, after you get some good rest, you go on a weekend and you come back after a weekend and just go, I'm just going to, before anybody gets here, I'm going to just pop open this stuff and listen to some mixes before we start working today. And you go, and it's just this moment of, Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. I totally like, I have completely retracted my opinion. And honestly, I think that's really, I think that's really important as a producer for anybody out there that is, wanting to be a producer. Um, I honestly think that's something that's very important to be able to do as a producer to be able, because there's been so many times I've either sat down with the artist or sent them a text or something that's just like, you know what? I might've been wrong about this, Mm -hmm. about, you know, this idea or, you know, we made this change because I was really advocating for it and now I'm listening to it and it might've been okay before. Yeah. And I think it's important. It do, it doesn't mean that you're like not it doesn't mean that you're not a good producer to say this idea that I had is not really the idea that needs to happen. Yeah. It just means that you it know, means it means it means that you are a good producer because you're really going to you can you're discern gonna, what's yeah. what's really good for the song or not. Yeah, you 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 take you take yourself out of the equation. It's like I can question my own decisions not because I have a lack of confidence because yeah. but because I have the confidence to sit and take my ego out of the situation and and objectively and nobody can be 100% objective but you know that I think that producers are pretty good at the good ones are pretty good at doing that and going well let me look at this objectively and it's a lot of times maybe it's kind of at least in my experience, can be easier to look at it objectively because the producer is sort of the the extra member, extra temporary member of the band. You know, there's yeah. like kind of once, and it's like one level of being removed from. Right. Um, you know, it's kind of a, a somewhat more removed place in the creative process. Yeah. Sometimes not, but you know, oftentimes yes. And so therefore, yeah, seeing it objectively. And so therefore going, I'm, I can objectively question my own decision and, and put it up against a, a, you know, question it and say, is this really good serving the project? Yeah. And, and, and is it getting us where we want to go? Yeah. And taking your ego out of it and saying, yeah. and saying, you know what, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest here and say, I was wrong and you were right, yeah. you know, or something like that. So yeah. awesome, man. So cool. I guess we'll wrap it up there. We'll say uh, the the takeaway just being um, um, getting out of your ego, being open to ideas, seeing ideas through, and um, and yeah, not not allowing your ego to to inhibit you from seeking a great record, even if you know, one or two ideas here or there end up on the record that maybe they could be better, but it's still a great record because you're not trying to put your hands around the throat of some figuratively speaking, you know, like choke out ideas that, that I don't like that idea. So I'm just going to choke it out. And that just ruins, that kind of crushes a vibe, an overall vibe. It's more important, 
you know, rather than weed out all the things that don't 100% vibe, vibe with you, it's more important to, to, to be making decisions to always serve the project and the spirit of the project and the yeah. creative people that are behind it, even if that means, you know, that's not really my taste, but hey, this is our record, you know, and yeah. so... Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Is it's not always, it's not always your record. Yeah, it's you know. Yeah, I don't know, but so cool, man. Well, that was a great, um, that was a great little episode there. And um, to being a modern recording. Yes, that is a day in the life of the modern. All right, I hope you enjoyed that rerun of episode eight of The Modern Recordist, and perhaps you picked up a few new ideas as it concerns recording techniques and whatnot. Hey, make sure you never miss an episode of The Modern Recordist. Here's how you get subscribed to this podcast. Go to my website at johnstinson.com. Make sure that you remember there's no H in John, and put your email address right in the sign-up form that you will find on the front page. I'll make sure you never miss an episode, and as a bonus, I'll also periodically send you emails with tips, thoughts, and guidance on recording, mixing, producing, songwriting, and maximizing your creative flow. All this at no cost to you. So head on over to my website and get subscribed right now. And I also want to encourage you to additionally get subscribed on iTunes. The way to do that is to either fire up your podcasting app right on your iPhone or open up iTunes on your laptop or desktop, search for The Modern Recordist, and click or tap that little subscribe button there. While on iTunes, make sure you take a quick second to leave a rating and review as well. Good and honest ratings and reviews let other people know the value you're getting out of listening to The Modern Recordist. It also helps us to know that you're getting something out of these episodes and whether or not we're producing meaningful content and bringing on guests that you find interesting and fun to listen to. And finally, if you are indeed getting something out of listening to this podcast, go ahead and share it with a friend or three. Simply drop a link in an email, a text message, or a social media post and let everyone you know how much you're getting out of listening to The Modern Recordist. Okay, that is it for this week. There's more for you next week. And in the meantime, go live your life of an extraordinary artistic visionary and create something impactful in the world. <laughs>